Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joseph, a.k.a. Harmonica Player. And I'd like to tell you about an awesome service that I use to get my podcast done. Did you know that there's a service out there called Zencaster, which is a one-stop shop for all, for all podcasts? You can do editing, production, and audio and video. It's a one-stop shop place. If you use a professional account, like a Zencaster Pro and higher, you can have your video imported to every video player that there is possible. That only works on professional accounts, though. You have unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and you can monetize your podcast and earn money. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of this, go to zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code harmonica player podcast and get three months off your Zencaster professional we are anxious to hear your story take care and happy podcasting here's one hi there folks this is joseph and this time i'm going to tell you about a new device that i just became aware of which is really cool it's called the blend jet 2 portable blender now you see i love smoothies but I don't love smoothie bar prices, as you can tell. With my Blendjet 2 Portable Blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for about half the price, you see. Blendjet 2, Blendjet 2 is portable so that you can make smoothies anywhere. At work, or you could uh, a protein shake at the gym, or a margarita on, or a margarita on the beach. So, yeah, anywhere you can think of. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients as well. And frozen fruit with ease, which is quite impressive, I think. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make smoothies without waking up the whole house. And it lasts for 15-plus blends and recharges with USB-C power which is very impressive. And best of all, it has a cleaning feature. That's right, it cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and voila, you're good to go. With over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, there's just about any color to to blending with your style. What are you waiting for, folks? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. That's B-L-E-N-D-J-E-T dot com and grab yours today. And be sure to use Harmonica 12 as a promo code to get 12% off and and free two-day shipping. That's right. Who can resist free shipping? No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality power and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you love it or your money back. So what are you waiting for, folks? Shop today and get yours today. That is all. Thank you for listening. Mike on. 
And now, folks, on today's podcast, I bring you... Blind Camp Thursday morning, August 4th, on... No, one we got one over here. Song, do we? One. Who, who, has a, who has a request? Well, how about, um, I don't know if this is in the hymnal, no, but the, how about what a friend we have in Jesus? Oh, that's in there. Yeah. Is it? 
499. Yes, it is. Day by day. Yeah. 
unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly is part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me. He whose name is Counselor and heart, the protection of his child and treasure is a charm that on himself he laid. As your days, your strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me. So to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not grace sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble Gracious Lord, this morning as the day begins, we are calling on the name of the Lord. We're inviting you into our life. And we're asking you to guide us that this day can be given to you and used by you for your glory. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you for joining, and I recognize that there are some online who are joining, and I think that is really cool. Um, I'm glad that the church gave us this facility to use so that we could share this with our blind friends who couldn't come to blind camp this year. And we're getting reports that some are watching. Praise God. We are uh, continuing our study in Genesis. We're all the way up to four, and we're going to get into five today. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good week. We're, we're making plenty of progress. Um, reading in Genesis 4... Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. That word Seth means appointed, chosen, selected, provided. Now, interesting, both Abel and Cain are named in this verse. Cain had been the one who was expected to be the promised seed, but he proved unfaithful long before the murder happened. It was clear that he just was not fit 
to be the progenitor of the Christ child. And then he killed Abel, who was obviously more righteous, more holy, more desiring of living for Jesus. I'm sure Adam and Eve already had plenty of children, but they pled with heaven for something to ease the pain of the loss of Cain and Abel. What a terrible, terrible blow that was, losing two boys in one day. And we, we have interacted with people who've had such crises. Um, it just, it's bad. This world is rough. Seth was a gift. And Seth did not have any more natural spiritual endowments than did Cain. But he chose to align his life with God. Are you listening to me? We all have these propensities to evil. Are we going to... Feed the bad, or are we going to feed the good? Are we going to spend our time thinking about the God who loves and saves, or are we going to wallow in the wickedness of this world? We have the choice every day, moment by moment, day by day. Some people act like those men of old must have matured late. Some of them didn't get married or have any children until they were nearly 100 years old. Uh, they, they, they must have been slow to mature. No, that's a wrong thought. They took their time, and, and they had, many of them, nine centuries to study, to memorize, to analyze, to experiment. I believe that they had larger physical frame than we do, as well as a stronger, much more robust constitution. And just as their physical frame was bigger and stronger, so was their mind, their mental ability, their mental acuity. We struggle with our memories. And uh, I thought that Ashley's goal of memorizing a, uh, a hymn a month, that sounds like a good goal. And she says she's backed off to four hymns a year instead of 12, but that's okay. Uh, their memories were sharp. We read today about people who read a page and have photographic memory. Well, that's just a holdover from what was the norm in that day and time. They could remember the conversations that they had last year, last decade, last century, and they remembered what they talked about and what it mattered in their life. Huge, giant brains, able to think and to do. We get excited about the men and women who apply themselves in a course of study, and in 20 years or even 40 years, they develop something very significant. And we say, this person is worthy of recognition. Can you imagine if they were able to do that for five Six, seven, eight, nine centuries, hundreds of years of, of applying the mind to scientific or theologic understanding. These men and women were brilliant and strong. 
Seth was among that group. We're looking particularly today at Seth. Um, I should emphasize also the last verse of verse 4. As for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enish. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Do you catch that phrase? There began to be a distinction between the ones who were um, careless in their life and lifestyle and those who were calling on the name of the Lord. It was the in the time of Adam's grandson Enish that there began to be very apparent the difference between those who were serving the Lord and those who were not. It may have been about this time that the uh, there was a great exodus from where Adam had settled. It was a nice valley not far from the Garden of Eden, and they would tend to go for their special worship times to the gate of the garden. But Adam's descendants that I like to call the Sethites, the descendants of Seth, but most significantly they were the God-fearing ones. Here it said those who fear, they called on the name of the Lord. The God-fearing ones, they saw that living around these heathens, I know, they're cousins, but, but they're living recklessly, wickedly, carelessly. It's, it's hurting my spiritual life. I need to move away from that. And so they moved up into the mountains. Life was harder in the mountains. It was harder to grow their crops, but they needed to shun the influence of wickedness. I praise the Lord that when we got married, my wife was able to say, we don't need a television in our home. I, it, it wouldn't have bothered her because she doesn't get sucked into that stuff as like I do, but, but it was what a gift to me that she was able to say, we don't need it, and we haven't had we never had a television. And we raised our children without a television. I praise the Lord for that gift because they grew up reading, thinking, doing, experimenting. Seth and his descendants recognized they needed to avoid being influenced by the worldly stuff and choose to focus their hearts and their minds on Jesus. Well, you can see... What was good for them at the beginning of this world is certainly essential for us here at the end of the world because wickedness has, well, it has abounded. And we don't even recognize some of the bad stuff. That It's bad, but we don't even see that it's bad until we get sucked into it too deep. But I digress. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. And some people don't like these begats, but once you start mining the joys out of these, and especially these first 10, it's really precious. Um, in the days that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Adam was made in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and when Adam had been created... God looked at Adam and looked at the world and he said, it's good. Adam was a very good creation in the image of God. Going on. 
God created them, male and female, and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And Adam lived, verse 3, 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. You catch that? In whose likeness is Seth? Adam's likeness. Now, Adam's in the likeness of God, but you already see that we're getting a, um, a step down. It didn't say that Seth was in the likeness of God. It said Seth was in the likeness of his daddy. I look and act a lot like my daddy. Um, it's kind of precious. There's um, three of us boys. He had five, and three of us look a lot like him. The other two, not so much. Um, it's just the way things are in the genetics. I believe that Seth looked more like his daddy than Cain or Abel, but more significant than the physical resemblance was that he was seeking to honor God in his life. That spiritual resemblance is the most important. And so now he's not only looking like Adam, but by studying the character of God, it's beginning to show in his very countenance. This is a man who's living for Jesus. After he begat Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. There you know that he had plenty of kids, lots of kids. I know. The way God has, has designed the human reproductive system, it takes nine months from one child to the next. And... Most don't try to stack them that close, but there are women who've had a baby every year, and every once in a while they get twins or triplets. So, so yeah, Adam and Eve had lots of children, and their health was strong. It wasn't as if it was taking a lot out of them. In Kentucky, there was the joke about how a woman would lose a tooth for every child she bore. Um, it, it pulls the calcium out of your system, especially the nursing of the child. So it was... It, it's hard on women to have babies, physically demanding of their system. Well, it wasn't quite so demanding in the days of Eve. She had lots of children. Ah, all the days, verse 5. What's the question? We don't know. We have three named sons, and we have reference to other sons and daughters. We don't know how many they had, but... Adam lived 930 years. <laughs> That's time for a lot of kids. Now, I can't imagine that Eve was popping them out every year. In fact, there is some counsel. Don't have your children any closer together than you can nurture them. Make sure that you can give time for each child spiritually, not merely to fix the food and feed them, physical food, but even more significantly, both fathers and mothers have a responsibility to give them spiritual food. And so I, I just have that impression that they spaced their children enough that they could have time with them. A uh, story from Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Wesley, Charles Wesley, she reserved a special hour each week that she would have one-on-one -on -one with each of her children. And that was, they treasured that hour, the spiritual instruction time. I wish 
more parents were doing that for their children today. And we don't have the dozen children that Susanna had. There's very few families that have a dozen children. We, we talked to some Amish folk yesterday, and some of them are, are approaching that. But um, we need to be prioritizing the spiritual development of our children much more than we are. And, and I'm even recognizing how I did not do for my children all that I could have and should have. Moving on, though, um, all the days that Adam lived were 930. I already told you that. Seth lived 105 years and began Enish. After he began Enish, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So we have um, quite a bit of history already here. And when you start looking this chapter over, you find some interesting things develop. Kind of looking ahead to something that's going to be preached about tonight, Enoch, Enoch and Seth had lots of time together. I believe Seth was still alive when Enoch was translated. In fact, I believe that Adam and Enoch had hundreds of years of opportunity to talk. I am sure that Enoch spent time listening to his great, great, great grandfather, Seth. And it'd be great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. Because we find in Enoch a godly man and he didn't, he didn't figure it out on his own. He listened to other godly people to grow in the likeness of God. Sometimes it's worth thinking about what heritage you get from your parents. What did they bequeath to you? I was about five years old when my parents joined the church. Um, my father had gotten very disgruntled with his local Methodist church. They'd asked him to teach the Sunday school class, and it was on the Ten Commandments, and here he was trying to teach about the Fourth Commandment, and somebody asked him about, why do we go to church on Sunday? And the Fourth Commandment was saying the seventh day of the week, and he just gave up on God. He said, I'm going to be an atheist. <laughs> but, then, but then, praise God, Dale Snowden was farming the farm just behind our farm. So, so our farm fronted on 20 Mile Road, and that farm fronted on 20, uh, excuse me, on 19 Mile Road, and so it met in the middle. So right in the middle of the section, they were talking across the fence, and uh, Dale asked Daddy where he was going to church, and Daddy says, oh, I don't believe in church anymore. And Dale says, what's going on? And he said, oh, this, this thing about the Bible says that we should worship on Saturday, but the church goes to church on Sunday. Does it really matter? And Dale says, we, we can make some sense out of that. Let me come over and we have a Bible study. And the Bible studies continued <laughs> for about three years. And, and it, it started with Dale and his family coming over, and we had real good friends with that family. But then I remember a na family named Five Ash in Tustin. Um, they were teachers at the local school. Um, we would go to their home. It was a trailer that we'd visit in and study around the kitchen table. Of course, I didn't study because I was, what, four years old? I was just playing in the corner. But uh, my big sister, she, she was sitting at the table with her Bible open. She could barely read. <laughs> and, and she was excited when, 
when her mother got baptized, and she said, I want to be baptized too. And the mama told her, well, Alice, you need to read the Bible before you're baptized. And so Alice went to first grade and started learning how to read. And here, here she was, seven, eight years old, carefully, carefully reading the Bible. And once she'd finished reading the Bible, sitting at the kitchen table, word by word, sounding them out, you know, it's, it's really phenomenal, although um, the Lord blessed her that learning to read so young. She reads 300, 400, 500 words a minute. She just, she just, she, she, now she reads very, very fast and understands it much faster than I do. But um, once she had read the Bible through, she said, okay, Mom, I'm ready to be baptized. And Mama said, well, you need to go talk to the pastor. <laughs> so she talked to the pastor. The pastor said, you need to do a set of Bible studies. And so she did the um, Voice of Prophecy Junior Bible Study course where you, you sign up for it and they send you two lessons. You fill out the lessons and send them back. And they, well, the turnaround time at her house was only about two days. But the turnaround time with the, uh, with the mail service, and it's not as if Voice of Prophecy was slow about getting them graded, but it takes a while for it to go and then come back. They would grade those two lessons. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> she, she's always been a good student. And then uh, they, she would get back her completed lessons and the next two lessons. Well, there were 26 lessons, so that's 13 13 rounds before she was finally, she was nine years old when she got baptized. The pastor says, a little younger than I usually like, but what can he do to stop the girl? And <laughs> she, she, she'd, done, she'd done her homework, and uh, she wanted to live for Jesus. Well, that's, that's what we all need, this desire to live for Jesus. That, that has stood me in good stead. My parents' dedication and commitment to, to seek truth and follow truth um, and a love of learning. Both my parents uh, finished college. Now, I was uh, 12 years old probably when they graduated from Central Michigan University, but, but, uh, but, but they kept at it till they finished. Both became teachers. Um, question comes, talking about what I have received from those previous generations, what am I passing on to the next generation? See, we don't live in a vacuum. We, we learn from others, but we have a responsibility then to share what we have learned about Jesus. Seth was doing that. He was learning, but he was sharing. Um, I believe he had a mission responsibility to the uh, Cousins to the family. <sighs> when Adam first sinned and faced that first death with that lamb, he was horrified at the thought that he was going to die. Death seemed like a terrible, terrible thing. But after 900 years of the mess in this world getting worse and worse, and remember for him, Every murder was one of his kids. Every rape, that was one of his kids. It's very personal now. For God's glory, we need to get so that we can appreciate 
when we hear these stories of murder and rape and other bad stuff that's happening in this world, we shouldn't be just thinking about it, well, th those folks, they're not part of my circle. We need to recognize that these are our brothers and sisters that are being hurt and care and see what we can do to, to change things for the good. That's where Seth was living. And he went and confronted those who were doing stuff. And they called him goody-goody-two-shoes. <laughs> yeah, you, you get called names if you live for Jesus. Um, as he made his choices, it impacted his very carriage. For hundreds of years, Seth walked with God and shared his life and his love, passing it on to his children and his grandchildren. And we've already mentioned his great, great, great grandson, Enoch, that we're getting ahead because we'll talk about Enoch tonight. I believe Seth became a respected counselor for good. Those who wanted to know what was right, they would go and say, Gramps, let's talk. They wanted to know what's truth, what's righteousness, and they could learn it from him. Um, I believe Seth understood when Adam was so tiredness of the wickedness of the world that Adam was ready to welcome death. Perhaps you have visited with some person who's lived their life and are saying, Lord, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, there's a reason sometimes that we say, I've experienced enough of the rough stuff of this world, Lord, any time. And I, I've had members who said to me, Pastor, I don't know why the Lord's keeping me around any longer. My body's getting bad and my mind's going. And I have to say to them, the Lord's keeping you here because he has a purpose for you. Seek every day for that purpose. And even if your body can't get out of bed, you can pray. And you can influence people. You can interact with people. More than one parishioner I have had who, sick of bed, can't get up. And sometimes it's chronic. They know that they will never get up. But when you walk in the room, the smile on their face, the greeting, the praising the Lord, you're blessed for having been in their presence. Adam was getting tired. And I believe Seth was there closing his eyes in death and tucking him into the ground. And Adam was ready to take him in. They understood that the next sight, the next thing they'll see is Jesus coming in the clouds of glory. They knew that this is just a rest. It's okay. And if we live godly in Christ Jesus, then whether we live or die, for it's all for his glory. It really doesn't matter. Seth, Adam, those early men, they, they began to understand that and were able to praise God even as they were facing the time of their demise, trusting in Jesus. Let's pray and we'll pick up the story again this evening. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you gave to Adam and Eve a godly son, willing to trust you, to serve you, to share in your life. And we, great, 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 how many great grandchildren of Adam, we thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We invite you to use us today for your glory, 
Help us that we can share your life and your love with others. We'll give you the praise and the glory now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again, Pastor. You know, Jim Crisp cannot wait. Well, folks, this completes another episode of Gaining Demos and Other Interests on Joseph Weekland's Harmonica Player Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.